0: This week on Thought Points Podcast, we honor powerful women, we intro the first fifteen, and MC cries over Buffy.
1: Oh, no,
0: no, 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 no. I do something. This is Plot Points Podcast.
2: This is Mark with uh, Points Podcast. I don't know why I hesitate every time I say that, but um, that's just me. That's the joy. I'm here with uh, Mary Claire uh, Van Kempen. Hi. And Toby Walwerk, who's wearing his um, headphones at a reiki shangle. Uh, I am indeed. Good morning. Hey. So it's rainy here in Southern California, which we all appreciate because we need it. But um, I think, uh, as Toby said, it puts a different, like a kind of a smoky... Different vibe. Different vibe on the, on the whole podcast thing.
1: I feel like we should be wearing sweaters with elbow patches. We're a lot more, we're a lot more, cl- it's more like an NPR show now.
2: Right. Where's our hot chocolate with marshmallows? We have a big mug. I'm Organic scared. marshmallows, yeah. We do have coffee though. Compliments of uh, Mary Claire. Thank you. Um, so we are post Academy Awards. Um, Mary Claire apparently knocked him dead. Uh, she only got the four top categories wrong.
0: It, that's incorrect. <laughs> I don't find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I take the horse. You just
2: can't joke with There's her about the agenda. Some some folks take this serious. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So no,
0: I had a good year. Last year was uh, a little bit more troubling because that was I mean, last year was the year where they brought on board a whole new stack of voters, and so it was a little over the place last year. They got a better better rhythm this year, and so I only missed four, which I appreciate. Although one of them was best picture, but I did beat the two of you when it came to the writing. Oh my categories. god, you could
1: so. I, I, just like, I like how not it's not it's not just enough of how well you did, but how how much better than us you <laughs> did? You think she's competitive at all? Not that, not no, at was all. Not, a yeah, real not at all
0: role for a while uh, until the stupid shorts came up. But uh, but it was a good, it was a fun a, a fun show. I mean, I think they, they spread the awards around a lot, so there are a lot of big winners and takeaways from the evening. But uh, what but
1: was the, what was the big? I didn't see the awards, but what I, was the I actually thing? watched it for the first time in years and found it thoroughly watchable really (laughs) like jimmy kimmel people talked about how the ratings were not great and this that and the other and i'm like no this is uh this is better than i remember this is
0: what it is and it's kind of like who cares you know like i mean it's three and a half hours long it should be three and a half hours long i'm sorry we're rewarding the best films and pick i mean and work over the course of the year and it's i I think it's important and so i'm here to watch somebody from um you know, best animated film take home an Oscar. Like I'm here for that. So. Yeah, I mean, it's and if you're sh- not here for that, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I
1: mean? There are other channels,
0: right?
2: I think they should, and I think they should change it in one dramatic way: is they should let people talk as long as they want for accepting award that they waited for some of them all of their lives. Yeah. Uh, I think that sucks that they put them. They they start to play him off at a certain time.
1: But you know, you, you say that now, and that's it's all nice and and well and good and egalitarian. But then when the guy that did the best foreign feature and <laughs> has broken English it. and he's talking well, about the <laughs> firmament, and you're just like, except for this guy, we got to cut this guy off. Well, let's be reasonable, all right? Who wants to hear from the foreign guy? <laughs> we want unfortunately, America first, <laughs> exactly. But we can't be reasonable. We have to be equally unfair. Well, that's the only way about? to be fair. Okay, then yeah, then wait cents. it wait it. If the guy if it's a first
2: time guy. They get they get five minutes, ten minutes. This it may means. be your only Academy Award. You have fifteen seconds. Yeah, I just think it's horrible uh, that they. I'm sorry. Some people have good things to say. They, yeah. they get up there, and I think they're very elegant. And like, I saw Jordan Peele's um, uh, acceptance yeah. speech, and he was very. You know, quick and succinct. But I could have listened to him talk a couple more minutes without yeah. any issue. Yeah. So,
1: but you know, I, I also think incentivizing it with the CDU was a good move. And um, <laughs> what was that? I didn't see that. What that was oh, about? Oh, yeah. they
0: like, if, if you keep your speech, yeah. uh, the, the person who wins this, uh, or has the shortest speech gets the CDU No the kidding. Yeah. So yeah.
1: they just made that. And then at the and then and it was kind of like a little bit of a recurring joke. Yeah, like, and then at guys, the very so end, Jimmy Kimmel like, you
0: do seriously? Like, as he was
1: as he was saying good night to everybody, I think it was somebody in was costuming. Costume, yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, and the was uh, to the guy from Best Costumes,
2: I, I saw him. Do, yeah, yeah, I saw him
1: come out.
0: It's funny, but I
1: couldn't figure out what Jordan Peel was saying.
2: You're, you're, I'm, uh, something I'm.
0: Oh, um, I, I'm Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't need a do. Like, yeah. where am I going to take the oh, Seadoo? They uh, did this a few years back. It was actually the year that Julia Roberts won for uh, for her Oscar. They did. They were giving away like a TV or something, and everyone was like, and it was like a serious thing before the <laughs> before the Oscars. Like, they were like, we're going to give away a TV. Oh, real? oh it was the yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. I, mean, I the, the entire night, everyone was like, I have a TV. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I don't need this stupid TV. But <laughs> so they went to uh,
1: huh? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, just I like they, they have, the comic have yeah, with
1: the uh, the gift bag. I think the gift bag this year was valued close to $150,000. Oh, my God. Uh, But I think it would be fun if they did incentivize, you know, like, you don't get the CD or the TV, but, like, we're going to give it to the charity, like, maybe the charity charity of your choice. You know, so it's like you are somewhat incentivized to sort of balance out your own... You know, I mean, you got to thank your mom. you got to thank your dad. you got to thank all your agents and your uh, PR team. and Who the we guys don't know the,
2: and don't care about but, it anyway. But,
1: yeah, but then if you can cut it short and maybe, uh, you know, a YMCA gets a bouncy house party for the weekend, that would be fun.
0: <laughs> My favorite is in Janie's speech where she got up and she was like, I did it myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's she's amazing. Yeah. She's fantastic. That's fun.
2: So, um, all right. Well, uh, so uh, Mary Claire has already been preparing for next year, so we'll – uh We'll touch you bases know. with her mid-season. And, and, actually, see, and, see, and I, I would see. like to
1: modify my, my statement from last week, uh, which I said, I'd never bet against uh, Denzel Washington. From now on, I will not bet against Denzel Washington unless it contradicts what MC said. <laughs> and I'm going to try to get the people in my office to have an office pool, and I'm just going to vote her I ticket.
0: I know. I win it every single year. <laughs> just, <come on. laughs> so I'm just
1: going to vote her ticket and tell people I'm some kind of savant. <laughs> yeah, no, There you go. There you go. I didn't see that movie, but I guarantee you. I have I
0: many people come to me for their picks, and they're always. Uh, <laughs> I give them to a bunch of people. This year and they I think, did very I think well. we need a so website
2: and a subscription service that's and absolutely uh, yeah. and uh MC's yeah. tips. You know, I do that for the uh final for the brackets for the yep. final four. Because yep. I have no idea about college basketball. I just steal somebody else's brackets <laughs> yeah, and, and go with that. that. So okay, uh so we continue to uh dabble in, dip into a lot of really good uh offerings on Netflix and in the movies. Um there's some stuff coming up that looks really, really interesting. Uh, I'm pro- hopefully look going to be able to see the rest of the Academy Award nominees at some point too um, anybody writing uh, doing any writing or working on anything uh, my uh, my revolutionary war script just hit 180 pages and I'm about three quarters through so now having said that I could if I had to and it's in within 10 pages and then just put the scroll but um and then i'm also working still working on a i came up with an idea for creature feature that i may explore um the only problem is i i'm not sure you know the problem with creature features you have to figure out their powers so to speak and i can't figure out what this one is although i like the concept so and then um i'm uh, trying to Get all. I'm trying to re-resurrect some of my old treasure chest, war chest, and then update them and send them out because I think there's still great concepts. uh, And as long as the concepts are viable, you have a chance. So that's what I'm doing. Um, And uh, that's pretty much it for what are we watching? What are we writing? uh, What's next, guys? What are we supposed to be doing here? I think
0: we're gonna transition to our
2: oh to the new segment. segment, Yeah. Okay, so I want to say a few things about this. Um, well, first, I want to mention: can you, can somebody fill in about the stuff that's happening with OC
1: Screenwriters and
2: OC Film and Television? you guys
1: you guys know the Yeah, days? well we have two upcoming events uh that are both uh very exciting more than normal. Uh we have uh I'm going to do I'll do them kind of in reverse order because uh we've got Bob Angles coming in on March 24th. That's an event that we do at the Claim Jumper. Obviously more information at OCScreenwriters.com. Bob Angles was a writer on uh a lot of television uh including uh, Twin Peaks, which is probably what he's gonna be most known for, uh, because that's probably the more, uh, culturally impactful. He also worked on the TV show Wise Guy, mm. and, uh, as Mark- one of, one of my favorites. As Mark remarked earlier, Wise Guy was actually one of the first TV shows, on, especially on network television, and at and, and that time there was only network television, uh, that had, um, a long-term Arc, not just like where something like The Fugitive, where every week he's doing the same thing, but he's hoping to catch one armed man. The, the the wise guy was was um, I mean obviously because of it, it was like it was involved in organized crime, so parallels to something like the, the uh, the Sopranos are pretty easy. But it was a show that really had like a, a long arc. He started where they put him in prison at the beginning, so that he had a cover because he was an undercover operative for the entire run of the show, and and it was really uh. Really sophisticated for network television. Right, six
2: episode usually a six episode arc. Yeah. So he went undercover. It was actually, I think, one of the first appearances of Kevin Spacey as yeah. Mel Profit, yeah. um, as a as a kind of a crazy guy who slept with his sister. So talk about And we thought that was the craziest thing he was going to get in trouble yeah, right. for. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, for that time, that was pretty I don't know. How oh yeah,
1: that, I mean, that's, that, that's still not that, okay now. <laughs> yeah.
2: How'd you get that past the censors yeah. back then? This was network television, yeah. you know, you couldn't even say damn. Uh, yeah. I think at the time. But yeah, he and Bob is a. Uh, I I've talked to him a couple of times. I've never met him, but he's a wonderful guy. He yeah. sounds like he's just fantastic. So that event, it's uh it's at the Claim Jumper. It's 25 bucks and you get a meal. Uh, we make no money on these things at all, yep. um, but it, it's just a wonderful uh, venue for us to talk to a, a really talented and accomplished writer.
1: Yeah, and and also th- that you you have access, which right. is not to be ever undervalued. But also, he's a very open uh, and honest, and will talk about his experiences, and you'll get something out of it. Yeah.
2: It, anybody who's been through those wars, anybody who started when he did and went through. You know, there's not, there's, there wasn't the, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't that same, that same kind of audience feedback, but those fans back then were as loyal. I mean, there's still Twin Peaks yeah con- uh uh conventions and stuff like that going on yeah. even before the new series was rebooted so uh
1: i mean i remember the original series was a was hugely impactful on me i my i was still young enough that my brain was still squishy i'm like <laughs> this is how it ought to be all the time right and uh you know very few shows ever got to that level
2: yeah i would I, I i i must admit i never saw much of twin peaks but i really appreciate the uh the 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 fan base behind it well,
1: and the odd, oddity of it. I often say, like, I talked to some of my friends, there's kind of a concept in music you, you probably identify with. There's a band called Mud Honey,
2: uh-huh.
1: and not a lot of people know who Mud Honey is, but you know all the bands that used to listen to Mud Honey.
2: Right. Or, you know, or, yeah, and it's right. like,
1: so they, it's very influential. So even if you didn't watch Twin Peaks, it, it raised the art form of what TV could be. I mean, in, in much the same way as, as a show like Wise Guy, right. TV can be this good, everybody. Right. And so a lot of like Old Guard people are like, I can't write that you know it 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 made it and also it polluted the minds of young writers and said <laughs> if you can't write like this don't don't bother and so rtv has been affected by that so that's exciting
2: and wise guy was uh created by Stephen canal who's who was a is still is a legend in television i i heard him speak once he was absolutely inspirational yeah Uh, i
1: mean he was actually really clever because he got to straddle both worlds because he got to do like an a-team or kind of a you know let's not be disrespectful but not a challenging show and then he but he's but you and know because guy. he yeah because he was able to, he knew the audience at that time and what they were going to take and he mm-hmm. gave them something to challenge them a little bit more
2: and canal was dyslexic so he had to struggle against that that as a writer too and he wrote a lot of novels before he died which yeah. was yeah and then, um, what's then, coming up on the 21st?
1: March 21st, which actually is, which predates our Bob Engels event, but requires, uh, a little more attention. very exciting. <laughs> this is the, I, you know what, I don't have the form in front of me, but this is part of a new organization from Orange County Screenwriters. This is Orange County Film and Television. Television. OC Film and TV. OC Film and TV.com. Check it out. And that, this will be much, uh, much more informal meeting at a new location, C3. Vapors and Coffee, which is in Costa Mesa. Uh, you can get all this information on our website, but or you can just listen to me babble. <laughs> but uh, we're going to have Warren Lewis. Warren Lewis, uh, pr- personally for me, best known for Black Rain, which yes. is a, a fantastic, stylized noir film, uh, early 90s. But again, very, very the, the, the ripples of that we're still surfing on. Uh, you know, in, in a weird way, I think Black Rain, they're both directed by Ridley Scott, but Black Rain, probably more influential... Than, uh, Blade Runner on, like, straight cinematography. Mm. Oh, Uh, interesting. Deacons too? In my opinion. Well, yeah, Deacons also, but I I just mean, like, that's why that film kind of endures. Right. Um. Very, very highly stylized. Very, very highly stylized, but still grounded in in kind of a real world in a way that that Blade Runner wasn't. So, uh, Black Rain, if you haven't seen it, go see it and go, I want to do that, and then go to Japan, because that's where you'll do it.
2: And 13th Warrior. Didn't get a lot of press. It, t- it stars Antonio Banderas, but it's really good movie. Yes. So, uh, and Warren just chews the room. He's really present and really, you know, you're, there's a, I, I don't know if you remember Sam Kinnison, the comedian. He used to scream at everybody and I almost feel like Warren's right on the edge of Sam Kinnison everybody. Uh, but he's really, really, and he's knowledgeable, uh, very accessible. And the exciting thing about, Uh, these venues, or this event, is that we're doing them every third Wednesday of the month. We've already booked, uh, two people ahead, and I think we're gonna do Frank Chindamo in June, unless, uh, unless he can't do it. But, um, the other thing is, it's, it's a networking, more of a networking, there's, it's free, um, just buy a cup of coffee and, you know, for our host, and, uh, it's gonna be great, I think, because we don't have to stick with just, writers or or people uh, who have like like been around in Hollywood for 25 years yeah. you, you know we can get Voiceover people, directors, independent filmmakers, editors, whoever we want, because um, we're just going to put them up there and let them talk and network. It yeah. should be great.
1: So, if you have any interest in it, in a, in you know, maybe you're not thinking that you're at the level to be a professional yet, or what have you, you can just come and be very informal and talk and find out what these people really do and how they really work. One of the great things about Warren is he'll tell you he'll he'll not only tell you where the bodies are buried, <laughs> right. you know, he'll tell you the ones that put the knives in his back. He'll just tell you about <laughs> you know the data day. We can all talk about theory and concept and all that good stuff, but he can talk about what it's like when it's a factory job.
2: Yeah, he's, he's terrific. So come March 21st to uh, C3 Vapor and Coffee Shop on in Costa Mesa, eight, it's near 18th Street, it's uh, Newport Boulevard, and on the 24th is the Claim Jumper, uh, and that's a luncheon with uh, Bob Engels from yep. Twin Peaks and Andromeda and Wise Guy. Oh, I forgot about Andromeda, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, he asked when, when I first talked to him, he asked, because we had had uh, Kevin Sorbo as a guest who was amazing, I, I'd love to get him back uh and so he asked me well how was sorbo and i said man he was fantastic just fantastic cuz he had worked with them on andromeda yeah. so all right so um, thank you we're going to start this new segment called the first 15 or i don't know what we're going to call it but um, it came that to me that we should be doing a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of screenwriting so we we're going to do the movie get out i'm going to uh cover the first i uh, don't no, i guess it's 20 to 24 pages with you know with help um and just talk about what Jordan Peele did right and uh, some of the things I think he could have done better <laughs> so I want to I want to bring this up I know this was an academy award winning script I get it yeah I get that it's that people say well why are you criticizing or why are you critiquing it well it can always be better and we're not in Jordan Peele's uh circle so uh so there's there's things here lessons for us. We're not Jordan Peele. We're not going to have the, his access. We're not going to be able to jump a script on a producer's desk and say, "Please read this. It's got a great ending." Yeah. Or it's really got a surprise at page fifty, because um, it doesn't start out that way. Yeah. You, you know. You I mean,
1: and and if again, I just interpret what you're saying because you're not saying that in any way. It's it's not worthy. No. It's just that there's always room for improvement. Right. And, and, and. And we can learn from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to get your
2: guys f- just a kind of a quick response on what you felt reading the script or these pages and seeing the movie. Because it, there are measurably different. Parts about this, and did you feel the script was better or the movie was better? Like for instance, the opening—he opens similarly in the script, but it's a completely different way of uh, handling the the snatch. We'll say the guy who gets snatched. So, how did you guys feel about well, I that? I felt
0: reading this. Um, I, I think I do think the movie is executed a little bit better, uh, but because I think what he removed here, and if you're reading some of the pages, there's a family having a conversation while the snatch is happening, um, and there's a lot of double speak to it, which is why I mm-hmm. think it's interesting. You know, they're talking about, like, a conversation about Mickey and who Mickey is, and Mickey's not really Mickey, it's someone else in there, which Mickey
2: is- Mickey Mouse, of, yeah. yes.
0: Right. Which is the entire, I mean, that's, that's essentially what the, the, at page yeah. 50, what happens. Um, and there are a lot of other things that he alludes to, um, as well, um, you know, in sort of the setup uh, or the conversation. So I think that that's what's really fascinating about these pages, but um, but I think that the way that they executed it is probably uh, better, which is why this is removed. But I think it gives you more insight as to where we're going in the story if you're reading really in between the lines or the lines.
1: Yeah, I, com- I, I completely agree. I think the execution of the film is superior to the script as far as from a... Gosh, this sounds so pretentious. As far as an experiential... Uh, but like, this script, it it really does set up a big chunk of what that big twist is. Mm -hmm. In a, in a, in a retro, like, oh, it's like that. In, in a way that really, I don't think would have been satisfying in the film. Like, oh, that's great. That was that thing at the beginning that I didn't understand. Now it makes sense. Who cares? The first two or three minutes of the actual film are just like absolutely bulletproof solid as far as, It's a, it's a creepy movie. It's a creepy movie. It's a horror movie. It's a suspense film. It's not a horror film. Yeah, it's a suspense film. Better, better term. It's, and, and that whole, like, something's going on, you can't tell what it is, but it, it was much more visual, and the, 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 the the pre-scene, which is really only a page and a half, that scene, uh, the, the Disney World, Disneyland reference, Mm -hmm. Disney World reference, Mm -hmm. it's a bit, it's a bit not visually. Well,
2: so there's a big difference in the way that the guy snatches the black guy, um, yeah. which I think was probably just brought about by uh, it's hard to put a dart in someone's back, and that's what they have in the script. And it, as opposed, and it's much more visceral to have in the movie. They have the guy running at the guy and then grabbing him. But what I missed, which I thought was interesting in the in the pages, and it goes to the setting up the tone, was he's in a medieval mm-hmm. uh, yes. war helmet, S- sort of. A, yeah, yeah, and I thought. That that was really a cre- creepy plus the in the first pages they talk about his breathing sounding like almost like Darth Vader right yeah. so so Jordan Peele has said that this script at one time was a much more direct approach to racism and he's a big horror fan he he he's a fan of um uh, The Shining and um some other some other horror films but uh, I think that, I think this movie initially was a lot more about horror, but we're only working with the, with the pages. If I gave you these pages and told you and asked you what kind of film would this be, would you have assumed it was anything like what turns out? Uh, by, by the way, we're going to spoil this movie for you. So, yeah,
1: if you haven't seen it, uh, shut us down. <laughs> we'll see you next time.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or pick us up about, uh, 20 more minutes in or something like that. But, uh, I mean, would you, so here's, my, when I teach, I understand that um, there are cool movies that don't give give away what they're what they're about. But like I said, we don't have Jordan Peele's access. Would you, as a producer, basically? Want to make this movie based on the opening, which is the, what I call the handshake or the contract with the audience. What what are we trying to accomplish here? What do we, it's not a horror film, it's not although it turns out to be right. It it's not a it's not all that well, It is suspenseful. Why does it? Why is he putting the guy in the trunk as opposed to just killing him? What's going on here? Um, what do you guys think?
0: well that's I mean I think that he I mean the entire idea behind this is that he's subverting the the genre as well that that we're not really sure what this is but we're creeped out we're scared we're, we're trying to follow the story and understand the conversations that are being had and that was the entire point of his script was to provoke that type of conversation around you know the new way we're looking at horror or suspense but also race relations and things like that so that's what I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, reading the, the the first twenty pages is you're trying to sort of figure out what's going on. Is this horror? But I, I do think it follows a pretty standard setup in terms of you know horror and suspense as well. Like that, there's an initial kind of opening gambit, a snatch, so you have some idea that okay, maybe there's something similar is going to happen as we continue to read. And then the setup, you know, them going into um, you know to to her family, to her house, and then they hit the deer. So there's still a lot of like creepy things that are going on. It's unsettling when you're reading it, but maybe you're not sure where it's going.
1: Well, I think. To what Mark was saying, the first six pages, it really just addresses, uh, the abduction of Andre mm-hmm. and the, the family, uh, having the conversation about the trip to Disney World. That first six pages, which is literally condensed into the first two minutes of the film and doesn't have that. It doesn't have the back and forth. Yeah, that back and forth, I think, is, is, uh, it's kind of a film school conceit. It's mm-hmm. where someone's trying to be clever and present a little more symbolism. Right. And, and like Mark said, it was more overtly, uh, about racism. And it, it, I, I found it heavy handed. The whole thing about, like, like you know, retroactively, the, the joke about, but, but the, the, uh, Uh, What what would we call that? Like the 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 ignorance of like what could be happening just outside outside your your window. window. Right. It's like sure we get it, but. you know, it def that that part. The first six pages could be a short film all by itself, mm-hmm. but it would be a film school film mm-hmm. where it was just like somebody telling you that life is hard, and you say, "Look, pal, you're 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 it's white suburban kid, you don't know, and don't tell me life is hard, that kind of thing." So that part didn't work that well. It, there's nothing wrong with it. I just didn't think it worked that well. And the actual execution of the film is far superior. Yeah, I mean, it has a
0: heavier impact. I yeah, think, because it's much more visual, and you don't.
1: Understand. As far as your contract with the audience, it's like this is this is what we're going to be about. Right. You're not necessarily gonna know what's going on the whole time.
2: Yeah, the first pages of every script should in some way or somehow, uh, give us the sense of what the theme's going to be, what the tone of this story's going to be, uh, what, or what genre are we watching. There's no, there's no, uh, confusion that this is not going to be a romantic comedy when that guy is brutally grabbed and thrown in the trunk. So that's what he does in the first, uh, four and a half, five pages. That also gives you, uh, what I call coin to spend with the audience. Um, it gives you the, the ability to write some scenes that aren't quite as horrific because the next set of scenes is their relationship and where they're going. Although, um, that, that also is a little suspenseful because the discussion is about have you told your parents I'm black? And it's, and she, and I honestly, I think it begs credulity that she would be dating a black man. The f- and not tell her parents, but uh, and I—that's
0: well, the thing. I mean, in this today's society, why should I have to tell? I you? agree, yeah, matter. But,
1: but I just don't believe it. I, well, I—I I, I think that especially since spoiler alert, that's not true, right? I—I uh, I think he's saying something about that perfect world where mm-hmm. you would have that person. Why would that be how it is? Right. And you're like, no, you know what? As far as we think we may have come, we haven't come all the way there yet. So, Let
0: me ask the question. Yeah, but yeah.
2: The, here's the problem with that. That goes to why he wrote this script, which was post-Obama, racism is done. He said that he knew after Obama was elected and everybody was saying, we're done with racism. I mean, I heard Who- Whoopi Goldberg talk about this on The View. It's really bullshit, right? There's still a ton. We we elected a race. Oh, well, maybe we shouldn't go that in that direction. But the point is, in in order to get the theme out, which is post obama racism is or is dead he, he put in a, a, a point that I didn't believe. It took me out of the movie. And so you always you always got to really be careful about that. Even though you're trying to make a point, um, I think you go on those pages, I think it tears you out of the, for me, it tore me out of the, yeah. the moment. But I
0: think, again, that's why he says it. That's why, you know, like, because the guy is incredulous as to why she wouldn't have told her parents. But there are those people in the world who are like, I don't see color. You know, like, who, I believe it. I mean, there are definitely those females that I work alongside. I mean, for sure. But um, but I think that's, I think that's why it's a point of discussion.
1: Yeah, and also if it is, and and, and I say if it does, if it does, uh, if it is beyond uh, credibility, is that perhaps a tip that uh, Rose Rose is not somebody that we should trust? Like, yeah. like I know she's nice and all, but I don't quite trust her in a way well, that we because we don't see her. We don't see her kick the dog, right? But we see we see that maybe that well, is it. We don't effect. see her kick the dog until very late. She
2: when she defends him uh, at the deer accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we, I mean that's deliberately done to make her. To make him trust, yeah, to be optimistic. And that's what, Jordan Peele does some amazing things in this script. He's very, the pacing is excellent. The dialogue is incredible. Um, The theme and the foreshadowing, he does excellent foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Just incredible. Even in these
0: first 10 pages, there's so much here. Especially when you get to the family and even when they're talking, you know, she—he's in her her room and her fan. He's like, "Are you were an actress? I didn't know that." You know, like, so right. there and are she a lot says, of
2: "What she say?" Yeah. There's a lot uh, you don't, don't know about, about me. me. Yeah, uh, I mean, which I which mean, that's, that's why it was fun
0: reading. I read this script after I saw the film, and there's so much in there where it's like this sort of glued me in a little bit into that. But you know what I mean? That's a, he does such a good job of that.
2: Yeah, and he does great. He does a great job with theme. But I think there's a little bit. I, like I said, there's a overabundance for me. At, at, I, it looked like he looked for every moment to be sly and 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 Barry. And I think that is what bothers me most about the film is yeah. it's
1: too much. I think I think and when there is too much, it kind of like your spider senses kick yeah. in and you know that nothing is as uh, obvious as it seems. And 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 you know that's sometimes fun for a thriller, but also you know not to trust. You know, it it's uh it's it's it the whole film itself becomes the unreliable narrative. Right, right. And uh and, and that Well you wonder that definitely did happen, but of course this film, especially now, we, we it's it's in the culture, we know a little bit what it's about. If you could show it to someone that knows nothing about it and say, like, as you're reading it, what do you think is about to happen, I think there are gonna be some pleasing twists. I had no idea it was gonna take the turn it did. Oh yeah, Which, that's that was a little unexpected. Like you well, knew you knew the first half kind of part, but then when it got to the second part where for me, that worked a little bit less. Yeah, but I but agree. it was but it was I a pleasing agree. like oh yeah, you really didn't do what I expected. So that was nice. Well, he's got, and we're not talking about
2: these pages, but he's got like symbolism of when the guy's in the chair and he's nervously picking at the uh, the uh, yeah. rest. He he gets cotton which, you know, picking cotton kind of thing. And there's a lot of that in here. And um, But let's, I you know, I, I'm digressing a bit. Um, anyway, the foreshadowing is great. By, by the way, kids, if you're writing a script, let me give you a pro tip, uh, even though Jordan Peele is a pro. He has a scene that says interior sports card continuous. First of all, you don't have to put continuous there, but go ahead and do it if you want, unless you're in my class and then you're not allowed. But he says... Writer's point of point of view watching Andre. Writer's POV watching Andre. If you're inside the car and the right, the driver is watching Andre, it is his point of view. Any director, right, Toby of uh, Worth His Salt, would would know that the, that's a point of view shot.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a wacky thing. It's 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 more an argument about um, language terminology, but it's like. I think it takes you
2: uh, my point about it would be when you start to direct when you start to do that directing
1: thing you take I think you take people out of the script just tell me what I see don't tell me how I'm seeing it and do you think that's
0: a symptom of him being the director
1: that was the only reason it didn't really bother me that's
2: what I couldn't find was he always slated to be the director on this or was he trying to sell it to a as a script and somebody else direct.
1: Not sure because yeah. also this particular draft which as we said well right. we, should we should talk a little bit about yes, how yes, we find yes, this yes, draft. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll put a link to this draft. You should yeah. know
2: that this draft is uh, an earlier draft and the ending is actually different, which I do want to talk about a little bit really quickly, but, um, it, it's a completely different ending and apparently they shot it and they tested it and people didn't like it, kind of like Fatal Attraction, uh, which has a, had a different ending. So, um, alright, so we then, after the opening, which is where the first African American man gets snatched, we go and I, I, I want to get your guys, you, did you think we needed the Starbucks counter scene where she's
1: looking for bagels or or pastries? And well, in this in this in this draft, it's even it seems to be even bigger. Like the whole exchange when she shows up, right? Which for me was just but like the parallel cutting was also cute. But but no, it's about Chris, right? And Rose is the foil or what have you. But we know that we're never going to spin off and follow Rose. So right. yeah, I didn't think that was necessary. Well, I
2: thought it would just I thought start if you start her at the door. As opposed to, because there's a scene with just her looking through the glass in Starbucks, and I can't imagine why that's in there. I'm trying yeah. to think of.
0: I mean, maybe it's, just, I mean, just the way it, she's described. I mean, cool and beautiful, like an old summer camp. Crush.
2: I love the. By the uh, way, I love that. description. Great. that is yeah. nice. Great
0: narrative, but it, it's again, it's completely. Um, I mean, they're painting her as this picture. Like you would have no idea what's to come from
2: her. But if they, if she opens the door, if he opens the door, I mean, I agree. I'm just saying, like, there's maybe the
0: thought that that were this is this is Rose. Like she's amazing, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a character that's going to be important.
2: Unfortunately, they shoot her through glass, and, um, that she doesn't look as cool as a summer breeze through that glass, so. Alright, uh, let's move on to, um, I have a, a question, too. There's a, here's the description of Chris, who's the main, uh, the main character. Chris Washington, 20, 26, a handsome African American man, shuts the medicine cabinet. He's shirtless and naturally athletic. Do you, doesn't that seem a little vague to you? I mean, I know, I know what he's aiming for because that comes up later, but naturally athletic?
1: I don't know what that. I couldn't figure out what that meant. Um, he doesn't
0: work out, but he just naturally looks. At yeah, I mean, it, it's a.
1: I, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if it's some degree of buffness. Like he's not real cut. He's got this, you know, his, oh, his abs and he's his glutes and I, good, I, yeah. words so I don't know. He's like a runner, but not doesn't Run. work. Out. Yeah. he's not yeah. like or a basketball player. Or perhaps something. they, just, or you know, and obviously because of how everything turns out, they want us to know that he's a, uh, you know, a
0: good specimen. A good maybe.
1: perfect way of putting it. He's yeah, good. a good specimen. Well, oh, and that specimen being
2: exactly. what... What they're looking for. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, small moment in the they, when they're mentioning Chris, he said they say he is a very talented photographer,
1: which of course nobody can see <laughs> except what do they do
2: in they the movie? Show they show, yeah, yeah, they, show, they show, right. And
1: actually, the, in, especially in the execution, that's very odd because there's the there's the shot like the out of the window car driving thing, and then they mm-hmm. cut directly to a series of his photographs, which is not as in the script. And in in actually watching it, I'm like. I only because I'd read that he's a photographer, and I'm going to assume these are his photographs. But up until that point, I'm like, "Those were the
0: same way." An odd juxtaposition. It's just like,
1: like, uh, yeah, right. Because, because especially the car driving piece is incomplete. Like it has no beginning, has no end. It's just a a a fragment. And then we cut to the photographs, and because I'd already read it, and I knew these are his. These show his is his good eye and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But but yeah, they. Execution and script Both kind of odd there Yeah, I think I would have put him I honestly
2: probably would have put him On the street Taking photos And have her show up Wherever he's at Shooting And have that discussion Because I think the discussion is cute But I, I don't necessarily love the apartment except it does show you know whenever you want to uh detail what a character's like you can showing them at home mm-hmm. is a great way to do yeah. that cuz the he describes the loft well, in I here I also think
0: it speaks a little bit to his ego i mean that he has his own photographs on the wall um, mm, that's that a good sort point of the yeah and he goes through and there even point. even in the narrative that touches on that a little bit where um uh, you know, he he look, He scrutinizes his reflection with a touch of vanity. You know. Uh,
2: yeah, I like that time. Uh, it also says he spreads shaving cream onto his face and shaves. He postures a little, then nicks himself, and that doesn't come across in the movie. Yeah, at in all. the
1: movie, it's really tiny that he yeah. does do like a little thing. Well, he but, doesn't
2: posture at all, and yeah. I don't know that they would think anybody would think would would
1: tie the nicking to the posturing and the smiling and all that. Well, in the in the actual execution of the film, did you get the impression that he was anything less than ideal? No. Like they don't really accent flaws of of ego or character. Right. In the script, there are references to things like how he examines mm-hmm. himself. I don't know if those were necessary. I, it, it, as far in as the script, yeah, in the yeah. script, there, it's like nice texture to go. Look, he's not. The greatest guy in the world or anything, right. but he doesn't do anything overtly bad. He's just a little bit vain. Well, and then he has, he has his cool urban friend who works for TSA, you know, who gives him the cred. Yeah, Rod and, is, uh,
2: Rod is great. He's there the, he's the comic relief and the urban cred. Rod so. is
1: actually like a beautiful, uh, the comic relief that a lot of really nice straight on horror movies do because right, like it's the, right. it's the yes, yeah. yes 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 and that's another thing you know
2: here's the thing about genre films is um i used to have a teacher who said people came come to genre films to see the tropes that genre uh engenders but they're also there to see something a little bit different yeah. and i think peele did that really really well yeah um let's skip ahead to uh okay so there's there's, uh, there's a line on page eight, uh, where Rose says, baby, it's fine. My dad would legit vote for Obama a third time if he could. Yes, he will want to talk to you about it. So there's, there's the whole reason that Jordan Peele wrote this script was, Post Obama racism, and he puts it in here and says it very clearly that um, everybody thinks racism is dead because and and his father her father represents that kind of uh, white liberal. I, I shouldn't say that because there's conservatives who are are absolutely in love. Yeah, but
1: uh, within the film, they're not trying to be that sophisticated. Right. They are trying to present him as a as a white liberal.
2: Well, and it's funny because in the script they describe the father as being barrel chested and bald or something, yeah. and then they get uh, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Bradley Whitford. Whitford. Who is the 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 epitome of liberal yeah. Hollywood because yeah. of The West Wing? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're getting what's his name, jo- uh, Josh from uh, West Wing, to be to play the father. So again, a great misdirection because you're 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 predisposed to yeah. liking right. that guy, and if you
1: recognize right. him, you you you. Uh Associate a lot of that baggage with yeah, That's what with I mean. That's so what it's, I mean. Yeah, yeah, so it's like shortcut yeah. character um, development.
2: And also, I, I I think it's a a, a really bad uh, idea that there's on, that liberals can't be ra- liberals can't be racists because there are plenty of liberals who are racist. Yes, yeah,
1: again, don't forget that within the conceit of the film, it's all a cover. I agree. So so they're making the the most yeah, acceptable he, cover. He's doing broad strokes about
2: yeah. our our opinions about racism. I get it. Um, so, I think Rod's introduction is really great uh, about uh, patting down a woman in a wheelchair. That gives you an instant yes. sense of who
1: this guy is, yeah. right? Um, Although, I remember... But
0: he's suspicious. You know, he's suspicious of everybody. Everybody. Because when
1: I read it, yeah. originally, I thought, this is a very broad joke for the guy that's going to be kind of a a, a, a minstrel, a comedian. and But in the actual execution, I'm like, oh, no, I like this guy right yeah, He Yeah, he, the actor really sold the line. So, yeah. um, on page, let's see, 12...
2: Um, I, you know i mean i think I think this is again he he's doing both sides of the cliche the 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 black and white cliche, because Rod says, "Yeah, I do need your girl to introduce me to one of her freaky deaky boarding school friends," which I think is code for white girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and so I think he's all he's playing with those those cliches. Which, again, you know, uh, look, this is a great script. It reads well. The pacing is great. The characters, the dialogue, the narrative is well written. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Plus, it's very functional. It doesn't overwhelm you. There's so much good about this script. It's really a textbook case of how to write yeah. a scri- any script.
1: Any script. And and if and I think it's because it's working on the multiple levels of it's working as a social satire. Yes, it's working as a horror slash thriller uh, movie. A lot of good. It's it's occupying both spaces without without being like oh, it's a social satire dressed up like a horror movie, or it's a horror movie that thinks it's cleverer than it is, right. It it's because it's wearing more. those I mean, hats. I that's,
0: that's incredibly difficult <laughs> yeah. as well, to yeah. layer all of that in there. But then if you, again, even if you just strip away a lot of that stuff and don't realize that, I mean, it reads very straight. It, absolutely. <laughs> so
2: if you don't deal. know anything about exactly. it, yeah. So the the next time we see Blood is on page 13, which is with the deer, and that's pretty. That's a pretty grim scene, but I think it's kind of like the jumping cat scene that you see in It, it. is, but
0: it's so scary. Well,
1: I, I, like, I like how, because yeah, it is, it it was a jumping cat yeah, bit yeah. Mm-hmm. which was like it in that respect very common in a horror movie mm-hmm. but also in in a film it, it there's there's such a relevant callback to that as far as how it affects chris mm-hmm. well he and because triggers because of his, uh, his parents. Uh, yeah and yeah. triggers a memory that he's maybe not that comfortable with that i i really appreciated it when it paid off right. there, because just for what it is, it's like, oh, it's that nitri- it's a, it's a hitch in their giddy up, and it introduces the scene with the cop, right. which introduces the scene where she's, uh, you know, super white liberal lady. Right. And in that respect, it was almost, um, so again, convenient, on. you know, like when things is, happen in a plot so that other things can happen, well. but they're not real. But then later on, it came through. I thought well, that was very clever. Plus,
2: those cops uh, are a big part of the original ending, so they needed to be introduced yeah. in the way, in the racist kind of way that they were at the deer scene. So he didn't do. I mean, at least there was more than just a jumping cat, like you yeah. said, the super white yeah, liberal, yeah, exactly. The cops. It's there was a, there was a purpose to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then when we get to, let's skip ahead because we're running long on this, which I figured we would um i mean i think that there's a great uh there's a great technique here where you where you point at something uh you say you so we're waiting to meet the parents right we're waiting for that moment uh where he actually meets the parents and once that suspense is relieved you have to create more suspense so but everything in that house everything in that scene is foreshadowed when he meets the parents there's my father almost beat Jesse Owens at the, at the Olympics in Germany. Uh, and that comes in very important. And of course, uh, there's the, the postulation that the father wanted to destroy black men because he was, oh, he came in second at the Olympics yeah. to a black man. There's the scene where he's walking through the house and he's showing him, he goes, Oh, we don't go down in that basement. I have black mold. Yeah. Well, that's where they put. The victims, that's, yeah. right. And uh, it is uh, and That's black. where the magic happens. And they're molding. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. there's that kind of stuff. Um, and was it... Who was the was the mother? Christina Pickles? I can't remember. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's uh, it's Catherine uh, Keener. Oh, yeah. Keener, right. And she was in Being thing John thing? Malkovich. Yeah. Christina yeah. Pickles, you would know her. You would know. Her. She's actually the director. She was in Hill Street Blues. She was one of the cops in Hill Street Blues. No, no, no. She was in St. Elsewhere. And, and I I think don't she, think she was okay. in Hill Street Blues. well, well... Uh, callers, or, uh, yeah, yeah, call in. You and, decide, you let decide. us know.
0: Ellen Anderson, <laughs> let us know.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, Um but also there's, I think, when you, just in, in the small uh, details, on page uh, 16, he introduces the Armitage estate. The woods give way to a huge front lawn. A large mansion sits in the middle. Thick forest surrounds the estate except for one side, which is the edge of a lake. The property feels expensive and isolated, very key um, to what they're trying to set up. I mean, this couldn't exactly take place in a suburban neighborhood, so they put it in a very isolated uh, area. then, then, then they start the creepy stuff with uh, Chris sees Walter, an African American, thirty-five, facing away. Walter wears a gardening hat and trims hedges. He works slowly and methodically. So all the him and the woman in the kitchen, yeah, who turns out to be a very important character. Mm-hmm. They both do are very. They, you So we're wondering: are they aliens? Are they yeah. zombies? You know? Oh yeah, I mean, they're immediately presented as a little oh, off. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Walter especially because he he just and I, I don't. I'm not sure I understand that behavior. Uh, I think it was, again, inserted to give a sense of creepiness, but I'm not sure I'm following what the mythology of that is. Why are they acting slow and creepy? Why Is it because...
0: Well, not, well, I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if the physicality of it, but also, like I mean, from Chris's take is that they're not acting like black people, like in terms of their interactions. Right,
2: yeah. but they're not also acting like regular oh, people. Oh,
1: that was actually one of the things I, I noticed. Um, gosh, I can't remember if it's with Walter. But uh, where uh, again, going to be a white guy here? It was where uh, Chris nods at. I can't remember if it was Walter or if it's Andre yeah, but, later. Yeah, Andre but later does like the nod right. and doesn't get the nod back.
0: No, or even when they, he tries to do the fist. Bump yeah, and then he does shake, the fist because right. that
1: was it was like just not picking up on those social cues. Um, you know I, th- I thought it was a really nice touch without having to have a whole like "Hey, baby, did you notice that that guy didn't shake my hand right. no I didn't notice anything I didn't think that was it's just like you just do it it's a visual and and so that's really solid i I agree with you my question is, and this always bothers me we're
2: we're pretty much done with this for now we're running we're running really long, but thank that was great by the way, but my question always is with these movies is hasn't any of these characters ever seen a horror movie before and i I don't think there's enough. Paid forward with it. I know. You know. What are you going to do if you're in this situation? Yeah. If people are acting weird, what are you going to do? Oh my God! They've been taken over by aliens, right? You
1: well, can't really do that. The, what they what I think what they do in this film to kind of inoculate themselves from that is Rod has definitely seen a horror movie, right? And Rod is telling Chris, right. "You're Don't in a it. horror yeah. movie." Yeah,
0: exactly. It's and Chris is like, on.
1: "I just would have liked it Cri- more." Chris if
0: does figure, I do think he's, suspic- I mean, he has that unsettling feeling yeah. the entire time throughout the film, and even I mean, it's just hard. It's like think about the situation you're you're like girlfriend's parents' home. You're meeting them for the first time to be like we need to go and you'd be like excuse me <laughs> like, yeah you're not, just the
1: awkwardness more. the awkward like, like, exactly wouldn't so
0: she, he's in sort of a tougher spot there and so but he does i mean he gets to the point where it's like we're leaving even though he's right. know and he sure tries right yeah, yeah what's going on
1: but, but again you know. yeah i, I that, that is a super valid point because also the the whole and again we, we're being very careful not to give away that ending but the whole this, the, the whole thing about walter and the house carolina the housekeeper they're not passing right like whatever this is all about <laughs> right. it's yeah. not really like if i'm one of the people at the auction that's like ah uh, you know that, which i thought was a great that's a fantastic scene but it is like, it's but a, I, and because it's a silent auction it's, which it makes it it's, even crazy and so beautifully like v- the way it's presented right. but uh, i'd be like yeah i'll take one of these but it's got to work better than the gardener guy cuz that's <laughs> yeah. uh you know <laughs> well that's the other thing is i thought see i thought the whole premise was
2: horribly flawed i thought i just thought it was too unbelievable because it goes from this very cool little suspense film to this absolutely you know the the what was it the
1: the the horrible brain of dr fives kind of thing oh but you know but there's there's an excellent film uh uh john frank this is actually giving away a clue but john frankenheimer made a film called seconds Mm. uh it's it's without doubt the best film rock Hudson was ever in again Thinnest Kid at Fat Camp. A Seconds is an excellent film that is is thematically almost the same but completely not a horror movie and it works really well
2: well Stepford Wives this is some uh, homage to Stepford Wives too and there was another film I was thinking of I can't but I didn't bring my notes on the it The Body so. Snatchers
0: but I, re- I remember sitting there with my, my husband Mike and watching the bidding scene and I was like oh they're bidding on him and he was like for what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great but that's and that's then, fantastic <laughs> <laughs> because if <it might, laughs> you can call <laughs> in and
2: tell us why why you're uh, how soon it's going to be before you kick uh, Mary Claire's ass but that's fantastic
1: because if really you can really watch funny. it have that not be obvious when everything drops into place? You're like, oh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then it hits
0: and you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. and that's. I mean, that's why I. I mean, I think it's great overall. There's... You never see that coming. No, you, don't, you um, don't. But then, but then again, when you're reading the script, it's kind of like maybe I should have seen this yeah. coming. I mean, from the way that things are dropped in. But I mean, not for that. And attention. I just yeah. in the yeah, movie, the but it's I. It's
2: I, there's, a, there's a there's a great uh, series this guy does like 35 things that are wrong with uh, every movie mm. and yeah, whatever. And he he gives away he gives. Uh, he he drops something and then he takes it away for good things. So if you get twenty bad points, you if you do something good, yeah. you get it taken away. Anyway, I'll try to put it in the show notes, but you should check that out. I think it was I think it has some definite validity to this. Forget out. Yeah. So, all right, uh, that was great, guys. Uh, next week or next, I'm sorry, next podcast we're going to be doing the, the script spotlight. Which was the Academy Award winner last year, um, and one of, one of I you know I've seen that movie twice, and I liked it so much better the second time, and I'm not sure why. But we're going to be doing the first fifteen on Spotlight, completely different type of film, yep. more old school Hollywood type of uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to follow along in the podcast, um, that you should pick it up. I'll put a link to the version of the script by the way we should also mention it, just in general these versions of the script we're we're doing are we're trying to be as close to the movie as possible mm-hmm. but there's that's not always possible i tried to find uh the academy award version of this and i don't know if we got this that one or not but the ending is completely the the ending in the original script is very what what's called naturalistic he ends up in prison uh, and that does not happen in the origin in the movie,
0: yeah, but it's interesting because you still have that thought when you see the car coming, oh yeah, like, oh, yeah oh, oh yeah. my God sure. he's going to jail like and he didn't do anything you know but that's the, exactly the point point. Right. And, and,
1: and it's funny because yeah mm-hmm. you you get the you get the bummer of that right, naturalistic payoff, ending and then you get the hopefulness, mm-hmm. of course, I'm still thinking, uh, unfortunately, two black guys in upstate New York in a police car with the <laughs> sirens going—they're going to well, be on TV. They're going to be on TV before Sunday. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's it's not really a realistic. uh I think the first ending he wrote is no. much more realistic.
1: But,
0: yeah. He's, but they, they, when you see the film, it kind of starts and ends in that universe. You're like, nothing happens yeah. after this ever. That's the of the
1: movie. <laughs> but I'm thinking because because it's a Blumhouse movie, I'm sure somebody said we want to keep the door open in case we've got. Return to get out.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they could have done that with the. Uh, they didn't. Uh, my understanding is they tested it. The audiences did not like <laughs> it. They. Jordan Peele says in an interview they wanted a hero. Yeah. And even though he is a hero in jail. No, Rod's a hero. <laughs> they're both heroes. Yeah. But I thought I thought the first ending, the script ending, was a better ending. Yeah, I actually liked it better. So. That is our first 15 on Get Out. Uh, We're going to talk to Mary Claire. She has some information about what is happening uh, on our our, uh, anniversaries.
0: Yeah, so yesterday marked the 21st anniversary of the premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which really appropriately fell on the same week as International Women's Day. And the... Supernatural TV series made its creator Joss Whedon a major uh, player and made a mark on television genre storytelling and pop culture at large. Uh, Whedon once said or told the AV Club that he designed Buffy to be an icon, to be an emotional experience, and really to be loved in a way that other shows can't be loved. And I really think that the show's enduring legacy speaks to that. You know, it's been more than a decade since the new episode aired, but we still talk about Buffy. Um, really, for powerful character moments, um, it's really strong focus on strong women and its ability to weave kind of serialized storytelling into really self-contained episodic narratives and for its sense of humor um, and so I wanted to point this out this is a really important show for myself I think on a micro Revel, Buffy really changed the paradigm for women in genre television. It was suddenly a lot easier to sell people on the idea that you could have a woman as a strong lead and she could be smart, badass, funny, flawed, dangerous, and a role model all at the same time. Um, and it's easy to kind of take that for granted out, but, um, but still, I mean, <laughs> Wonder Woman and, you know, that, that happened last year in terms of, you know, um, and that it w- in 1997, though, when Buffy started, it wasn't common and we yeah, weren't really I having agree. conversations around it, so.
2: Well, the movie was even more startling. Yeah. Uh, because it was, I think, the first time something like that sort of type of hero. I,
0: I
1: see, I get into a debate with my roommate. I think it was even more startling because I don't think it's very good. And Josh <laughs> well, Whedon, very average Josh Whedon was not pleased with... Oh, uh, that no, and that's why
0: he went back to the yeah, networks and said, like, you know, I want to do a TV uh, show. And they were like, why? You could do a movie. You know, you could do... Because yeah. back in the day, it was kind of like TV was... You know it, I was, mean, con- it was lesser Considered yeah, yeah Lesser than movies And he was like No I really want to do TV I really think that This is a strong character And I think One of Buffy's Greatest themes Is how women Negotiate power In a world that Wants to keep them Powerless And it's proved like Much of the series that women could be the architects of their own destiny, even when the world tried to argue otherwise. And it really brought great, uh, back great memories for myself. Um, I watched that show, like, Buffy was like my hero when I was, when I was younger. Like, it really brought, like, good clarity to the woman, like, or the girl I once was, and really speaks to the woman that I am today, because she was never even just a strong female character. She was way too complex, too flawed, and too human. Um, but, I mean, it was just such a layered and memorable show. Um, and so, I really loved it. I, so my mother t- still tells the story, like season five, uh, the the finale, Buffy dies, um, and. I sobbed hysterically <laughs> like I was in high school like hysterically for like two hours and my mom was like what's wrong like what can we do and I was like and I just remember like looking at her and being like Buffy's dead <laughs> like she's like you know she's like coming back for next season and I was like but it was just such an emotional episode and she still talks about that uh it's like an embarrassing moment in my childhood that I could not get over the death of Buffy
2: <laughs> thank god you <laughs> like, <laughs> revealed it so we don't have to talk to mom now
0: <laughs> well she, again it was like season five there's like three more seasons after that so it was like it was very obvious like she's gotta come back like they're they're not killing right. off buffy but like but i still was like so so that's devastated. what that's
2: why they write those cliffhanger endings is for people like mary <laughs> clinton <Clark laughs> yep. that, that um,
0: but i do i want to say a quote from the series um this is my, my workplace we're having a women's event um tomorrow we were all asked to bring a quote in that inspires us about great women um and i chose one from buffy the vampire slayer and this is the quote so from now on we won't just face our fears we will seek them out we will find them and cut their hearts out one by one there is only one thing on earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very
1: nice. I, I just look forward to someone else in your office that brings in the quote that's like, I like puppies. <laughs> and she has to go after you. Yeah. And it's time to read a quote. Yeah, that was a very that was a beautiful
2: quote. That's yeah. from the series? Yeah. yeah. And do you know when it was?
0: Um, it, I think it's maybe season six. I pulled it from... Uh, you know there. You know the whole concept of the series is that there is one Slayer that's birthed right. every generation, and um, but there are kind of like Slayers in waiting. So they test out. You know they're kind of keeping it because they're assuming that at one point the Slayer is going to die, um, and so they bring together all of the potential Slayers. Um, it's all a bunch of women. <laughs> and there's like thirty of them, and they come together to fight kind of this last big evil, and that's the speech that she's giving to
2: them. Mm, that's beautiful, um, beautifully so. written. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm
2: <laughs> not All right. we're not going to do a Q and A today. We're running out of time, um, but I just want to thank both uh, Mary Claire and Toby uh, again uh, for for your great insight and good humor. Uh, we are Plot Points Podcast. We have are we're affiliated, but not exactly a project of OC Screenwriters. Uh, and OC Screenwriters has has events coming up. <clears throat> Excuse me. March 21st is um, Warren Lewis at uh, the, the, a coffee shop in Costa Mesa. You can find information on that at OCTVandFilm.com, or you can go to OCScreenwriters.com. Uh, there's plenty of information there. Bless you. Um, oh, he's yawning. No, no, I was I, – I stifled <laughs> it. I, no, I, it. I, apologize. I stifled you're it. Ju- you're just such a pro. <laughs> Um and then on uh March 24th we have the amazing Bob Angles who was one of the original writers of Twin Peaks. He also did Wise Guy and Andromeda and he's a teacher now, professor uh at Cal State Fullerton. So he he's really good at addressing a group and that'll be at the Claim Jumper in Fountain Valley. So that's Wednesday the 21st, uh Saturday the 24th and then every third Wednesday going forward we should have a speaker and a networking event at, um, C- at C3 vape and, uh, coffee shop. So go to, I'll put it in the show notes, but go to ocfilmandtv.com, ocscreenwriters.com. And then, um, my classes are coming up again for renewal at the end of March and the beginning of April. So I'll talk more about those on the next podcast. But if you need a script writing class, you can certainly do worse than mine. Um, <laughs> I have uh, I have uh, some insight into this business a little bit um but I would again like to thank my co-hosts uh, for uh providing some really great insight I, if you liked the first 15 segment please let us know somehow some way smoke signal yeah. or how could they get in touch with us call us at
0: 919 scripts um, and leave us a call or a question or a call or a comment but let us know what you think
1: yeah. Or, or even a suggestion for a script mm-hmm. you'd like to yeah, break yeah. down the beginning. That's no, a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna
2: try to stick with. Um, I mean, I don't know. We haven't really discussed this because it's a new segment. But let us know how you liked it. By the way, if you think it was uh, valuable. But I, I like sticking with kind of Academy Award-winning scripts because usually they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Usually the they're pretty. Original. Usually. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty. They're not bad.
1: Actually, if I can just jump in we'll yeah, just at the very end, I apologize, but we always talk about this day in history, and we talked this week about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, today in history, something is happening, and I think we should uh, make a note of it. And that is that uh, a Wrinkle in Time and Black Panther, and the numbers aren't completely in yet, but they're definitely one and two. Black Panther might be number one. Wrinkle in Time might be number two. It's the first time ever in the history of Hollywood. And was there anything before Hollywood? The <laughs> first time in the history of Hollywood that the number one and the number two films in the nation were written by and directed by people of color. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, I have, uh, I mean, diverse uh, protagonists, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and and both are films that, uh, that embrace... The, the main character is not a white guy, mm-hmm. and as a white guy, I'm horribly offended. There's nothing to go see this weekend. <laughs> I'm just gonna watch Get Out and root for the other guys. You, <laughs> you,
2: you and a certain administration can scream it's something. It's true. At the, uh, um, by the way, Bat- Black Panther just passed a
1: billion dollars worldwide. That's right. So I think that might be enough for a sequel. But the jury's still out. Know, the I, jury's still out. It's such political. a lousy, lousy, film. So well, you I, know, it, it came out. There was nothing, it was. It was. wasn't against anything. So of course it made a billion. Of course,
2: dollars. of course. It had no legs. It's only been. It's only been killing the box office. So How, it's still number one.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. That's
2: amazing. Yeah. No, let's not. Let's let it be. So. We' us be so tired. Yeah, or well we don't even have do to I. mention it. We don't even have to say exactly. Anything. One of my, just a side note. One of my intro students walked in on um, Thursday and he had a Wakanda t-shirt on oh, awesome. and uh, as he walked in uh, uh, another uh, student said to him Black Panther and he did the crossed arms to him forever <laughs> uh,
0: yeah so. well that was funny because even at the I mean, at the Oscars Tiffany Haddish came out and Maya Rudolph do you remember this told yeah. me when they came out and they were like I know what you're thinking like are the Oscars too black now yeah. <laughs> like, and Tiffany Haddish is like don't worry there's lots of white people backstage like you know there's still a lot of yeah. them everywhere like so it's well thank God
2: thank God we're, we're seeing some, you know, it's funny in, in probably one of the more conservative uh, times in our political administration and probably less um, inclusive times that all these Me Too, the Me Too things is yeah. making inroads and stuff. So, God bless America. Right.
1: But also, let's not forget, we're not done. Just because you know, no racism is over. Jordan Peele said it. I know, but you see, but remember at the end, that guy did go to jail. That's true. That's true. But you know, and and again, I I love being like the white guy. This just sounds like such an apologetic lyric. I sound like Bradley Whitford so much. Watch reading it, watching it. I'm like, oh god, I'm that guy. Yeah, but you don't have a basement, do you? But now we, not that you know. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, now let's talk about the stories that can be told by uh, people, more people. And let's just yeah let's say people yeah, let's just more say people. stories by people.
2: It's not a black film, it's not a white film, it's not a women's film, it's a people film. Yes. Although Frozen River is still a women's film and will always be a women's film. We should do that maybe we should do that script at That's some fair. point. Yeah, good script. Okay. Guys, uh thank you again. Have a wonderful uh week and uh I do appreciate all the uh, all the work you do for the podcast. Um you know, it's a, it's a great event. I always look forward to coming here and talking to you both. So thank you very much. Uh, and to everybody out there in dead radio land, be inspired, do good work.